Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Tim McMaster talking New York Yankees baseball with MLB.com Yankees reporter Brian Hoke. And Brian, an emotionally draining week for Yankees fans, I think, both on the field and off. And let's start off the field. The news came across Late Tuesday, early Wednesday morning that Yogi Berra had passed away at 90 years old. Obviously one of the all-time great Yankees, one of the all-time great Major League Baseball players. What was your first reaction and thoughts when you had heard the news? Um, yeah, it's it's sad. Um, you hadn't seen Yogi as much in spring training uh, recently. You know, I always used to remember walking into Joe Torre's office and Joe Girardi's office, and you'd see Yogi's golf clubs had arrived from New Jersey, and then you knew that, he was coming down, and he'd usually skip the uh, the first couple weeks of camp and come down when the games start. And when when you saw that golf bag in the corner of the office, you always knew that the, something good was going to be happening in, in camp. And it was just cool getting to spend time with with a living legend, an icon, um, talk baseball with him. Um, yeah, he was he was like a walking baseball encyclopedia. It was. It, it, I think there's a lot that gets lost with being over till it's over. All the malaprops and, and people want to come away with the idea that Yogi was this big cartoon character. He, he wasn't. Uh, he remembered things from the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. He was sharp. Uh, you don't get to live that kind of life in baseball without being sharp. And he was, uh, and he was at the ballpark. It was his favorite time. Uh, he used to love coming down, like I said, in spring training, be around the guys. Uh, very approachable to the players, to the media, to everybody. Uh, just, just a real treasure to, to have Yogi Berra around and, and even get to know him a little bit. And uh, it's sad, it's sad to know that uh, you're not going to see those golf clubs in the uh, the corner of the clubhouse ever again. But uh, what a great life! What a great American hero! And uh, just going over some of the stats and the stories, it, it, it's it's incredible to think that all happened to one guy. And you mentioned the the great stories, the great quotes, obviously, and all that stuff, but. But on the field, I mean, this guy holds World Series records that that are never going to be broken. I think that maybe he's he lived so long that and played so long ago that maybe younger baseball fans don't realize how good a player he was and and the numbers that he was able to post. And for a franchise that puts everything on winning and winning all those championships, nobody won more than Yogi Berra. No, and that's something he used to. Rev Derek Jeter about it. I remember when the Yankees won the World Series in '09. That that was Jeter's fifth World 
ring and uh, Yogi would come up to him with this kind of impish grin and, and say, all right, kid, you're halfway there. Because uh, Yogi had 10 rings. He had one for each finger, and he was very proud of that. So even though I think we associate the number eight with Yogi Berra, I think 10 is also a very important number. It certainly was to him. And, uh, yeah, I, I just – it's hard to believe. I think that people look and – look, he's been in the national spotlight for a half century now, and – I think a younger generation knows him as the guy on the Aflac commercials who says, you know, <laughs> they give you money, which is as good as cash. And he, Yogi was smart. He knew uh, what the people wanted to hear from him. But uh, you look at his playing career, he was incredible. This is a three-time MVP. This is a guy you could not strike out. Just looking at his numbers from 1950, a year where he probably should have won the MVP award, by the way. Phil Rizzuto won it. Uh, he struck out 12 times the entire season. That's a week for some of the guys right now. So I think that it really is remarkable, and it's great that people are appreciating the career of Yogi Berra and looking at his terrific life. And you know, it's sad that it has to come on a day where he's passed away. But 90 years old, and I think that he certainly lived his life to the fullest. And you know, we're gonna miss seeing him around. That's for sure. And the news of of Yogi passing came just hours after. An unbelievable baseball game went the Yankees and the Blue Jays, as far as the late inning goes, at least, Brian. But it all ends on Tuesday night with Greg Bird coming through with yet another late-inning home run, three-run shot after the Yankees had given up the lead in the bottom of the ninth on a Deanna Navarro homer. Bird comes right back in the 10th, and he's making people forget that Mark Teixeira was on this team early in the season, I think, with the way he's playing. Well, it's hard to believe that they've, haven't really seemed to miss a beat. Uh, you can't ask for a whole lot more than what they've gotten from Greg Bird. I think that uh, what they've gotten from the kids who have come up from the AAA Scranton Rail Riders. I mean, Luis Severino pitched six very good innings at, against an, an incredibly tough lineup. Um, but then Bird to come through, 10 homers and just over 30 games. It's, it's remarkable to see how quickly he makes adjustments. You don't see a whole lot of panic there. Um, even when he gets down two strikes, uh, he's a professional hitter. And that's what people have been saying uh, when he started the year in Trenton, got promoted up to Scranton. They said, this kid, he puts a quality at bat. He's, he's advanced beyond his years. He's 22 years old. And you're doing this in the middle of a pennant race, in the middle of the Rogers Center, which is shaking and rocking and is as loud as I think you've heard it probably in 20 years, probably since Joe Carter Homer. Uh, I mean, this place was insane. And then for Bird to come up in that spot and, uh, it did not feel like a game that the Yankees were going to win. It certainly didn't, especially when Navarro hits the homer off Miller. Uh, Bird brings him right back, and uh, no, that's a huge win. Joe Girardi said that probably saved the season for them as far as winning the division. Uh, they, they're, they're still leading the wild card chase, but if they're going to win the division, uh, they have to have that game to keep those hopes alive. You mentioned Miller blowing the save in the ninth, and he goes back out in the tenth, ends up getting the win in this game through a lot of pitches, though. Were you surprised at all that, that Girardi would send Miller back out there, or was it a situation where he really didn't have a better option? And what does that mean for Miller you know, today in another big game against the Blue Jays? Yeah, it's that time of year, though. I think that that's a game you have to win. Miller made sure as soon as he... Came back to the dugout. Uh, he made sure Larry Rothschild knew that he was ready to go back out there. He wanted the ball again in the 10th. So once Bird hits the home run, Miller is saying, put me back in. I want this one. And uh, he came in. He, he did the job. He gave up a home run. But, uh, you know, a solo shot, I, I don't think he'd make too much of that. Uh, it was not Andrew Miller's best outing of the year. But 
Uh, he got the job done for them, and uh, I think that it leads you to question if you can bring him back. You probably can't, so they'll have to pitch the bullpen a, a, a man short. But uh, as, I, as I said, Joe Girardi knew that was a game that they have to win. He was the best option available left standing there. And uh, uh, you figure out tomorrow when you get to tomorrow, but you have to win that game today. Those must-win games certainly pile up late in the season, and they had a must-win series, really, with the Mets over the weekend in Queens, and they do take two of three from New York. Uh, Sunday night, CeCe goes out there, and you could just see he's he's just, I don't know if you could say he's doing it with fumes, but he battles, and he has the tough start, but he gets through it, and he helps get his team a win. That said, how much is left in the tank for CeCe this season? Yeah, he looked pretty shaky in the first inning. You thought that, uh, uh-oh, you've seen this CC Sabathia before, but he came back, he righted the ship, and uh, he was a much better pitcher the, the rest of the way. I think that gritty is the right word to describe what he's been doing. Um, I think that having that brace on there has made a big difference for him just in terms of not having to pitch with discomfort and not being able to let it go and, and not worry if his knee is going to feel pain at some point. Um Look, he, he told Barry Bloom of MLB.com that he's going to need knee replacement surgery at some point. It, it may be after retirement. It may be whenever. Somewhere down the line, it, it's going to happen. And he said that's the price you pay. Uh, this is a guy who always wants the ball, who you remember going into his free agent year with the Brewers, he insisted on taking the ball on three days rest because he wanted to make the postseason. And whether that affected his free agency or not, he didn't care. He wanted to win for Milwaukee. I think he's in the same situation again here with the Yankees. Uh, he's a good example for the rest of the pitching staff. Um, this is not an easy game. Uh, there are days where you're just going to have to suck it up and get out there, and he's doing quite a bit of that right now. I think that uh, he says the knee feels good. Only he knows if there's discomfort or not. I think, uh, obviously, he's got a degenerative condition there, but he's going to push it to the max, and uh, that's what the Yankees need. And I think that the way he's pitching right now, I don't think there's any question he would get a playoff start for the Yankees. So uh, he's going to be a big part of this uh, down the stretch for the Yankees, and they're going to go as far as he can help take them. Um, they've got other guys in there as well, of course, but uh, he's going to be a guy that they trust and give the ball to and, and look to. The uh, future for CC will certainly be interesting. Well, I'm sure we'll have time to cover that throughout the offseason, but possibly two more years left on that deal with that knee. It'll certainly be interesting to see how that all plays out over time. But right now, the Yankees just need another month-plus out of CC. Uh Dustin Ackley has obviously a guy they got from the Mariners. Dustin Ackley's a, a former first-round pick, a former top prospect, and it just never clicked in Seattle. But he had the huge homer on Sunday night. He's really swung the bat pretty well for New York. Did they get a steal in Dustin Ackley when they got him from the Mariners? Maybe. Uh, it could be. Obviously, the, the Yankees like the advanced analytics. I remember at the time of the trade, they were looking at Ackley's performance in Seattle, and the numbers weren't great, but there was a metric that showed that I think 12 to 14 of the balls that he had hit at Safeco Field and were out in right field would have been home runs at Yankee Stadium. So they, they definitely saw value there. They saw a chance to, to buy low and maybe get something. Uh, there, there's, you don't get to be the number two overall pick without having some serious talent. And even though Ackley didn't pan out in Seattle as, as well as the Mariners would have hoped, uh, I, I think that for the Yankees, they love the way he's swinging the bat right now. Joe Girardi has said that he's going to continue to get opportunities. It appears he's supplanted Stephen Drew as the everyday second baseman. Uh, as long as Ackley keeps swinging the bat well enough, um, he seems to play 
okay defense. The Yankees didn't really look at him as a second baseman. They kind of thought of him as a first baseman outfielder type, uh, replacing Garrett Jones. But he's done it in the past. He can play some second base. They had him do it when he was on a minor league rehab assignment. Since he's come back from that, uh, he, he's swung the bat very well. You, you wonder if the back injury had been affecting him in Seattle, whatever it was. But uh, he's certainly a different player now for the Yankees, and uh, he's making a very serious case to be in that starting lineup. And I think that as they look toward the postseason, uh, you're thinking about lineups you might fill out. I think you'd have to put Dustin Ackley at second base. Brian, Nathan, of all these, not going to be back in the regular season, and certainly I would think not going to, no chance of him starting at any point. But when you think about his velocity and the stuff he has, what kind of a weapon could he be in a one-inning stint in the playoffs? And is that something the Yankees are kind of looking forward to maybe and hoping to have that one more weapon in the bullpen? I think they're keeping the light on for it. I don't think it's a sure thing by any chance. But, uh, yeah, you, you tend to think that, when you put a starting pitcher in the bullpen, his stuff tends to play up. We've seen that time and time again. So when a guy's throwing 99, 100, 101 in the rotation, what, what would he be out of the bullpen? I mean, that could be an Aroldis Chapman kind of deal. Uh, look, that, that's probably putting the cart ahead of the horse. Uh, it's something he's never done before. There's no guarantees about him being able to come back. It, it wasn't a great sign that he had to wait another week because he still had inflammation in his elbow, and that's going to push him back. That knocked him out for the regular season. But – uh, you know, there's a chance. There's a chance he could be a weapon in the division series or the ALCS if they get that far. Uh, he's certainly they, they want to bring him back. He's okay with the idea of going to the bullpen. And the one thing Joe Girardi did say is because he Evaldi's never pitched out of the bullpen before. If he started to think that he might want to bring Evaldi in the sixth, he might start getting Evaldi up in the fourth inning to give him enough time to get ready. So it's something they would have to kind of massage, and it, it might not be the most usual use of a relief pitcher, but they would if he was on the roster, they'd figure out a way to make it work. All right, Brian, this has been Yankees Extras on MLB.com. Brian, we'll talk to you again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.